Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, the Eagles look a little inconsistent despite being 2-0. Does that matter? Can they still get to 6-0 in their first month and a half looking at their schedule? We're going to get into all that and more, plus NJ.com Eagles beat reporter Chris Franklin joins me. This is the Locked On Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I'm Louis DiBiase. Shout out to our everydayers for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday. It is a Tuesday edition of the show. And as I mentioned before the intro, so excited to have one of my good friends back on the podcast, my favorite beat reporter in Philadelphia, NJ.com, Eagles beat Chris Franklin. He's going to join me to get into all the ups and downs so far of these first two games that the Eagles won against the New England Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings to start 2-0. It's the first time they've started 2-0 in back-to-back years since 1992 and 1993. So with that being said, the Eagles still are a legitimate contender in the NFL, but It's been an inconsistent first two weeks. There's been some up and downs on offense. There's been some injuries. There's a lot of turnover from last year that they're still working out the kinks. So I want to talk to Chris about what's been good about these first two games, what's been bad, what needs correcting, uh, who the replacement's going to be for Avante Maddox in the slot. Just a report on all these positions from somebody that's up close and personal with the team right now and is traveling every single week and their entire professional life is about covering the Philadelphia Eagles. So Chris is going to join me in segments two and three. And again, I think you've heard Gino and I, we're not being homers and saying undefeated, made the Super Bowl last year, all is well. Let's ignore all the negatives. Like there's nothing wrong with this team right now that they need to correct to get back to where they were last year and potentially this time win a Super Bowl. But at the same time, this podcast's theme over the last two weeks is the sky is not falling. This team is 2-0. and They're finding ways to win despite injuries on defense, despite inconsistencies right now with your new coordinators, specifically your play caller in Brian Johnson, consistently dealing with some different things on offense when it comes to moving parts in the backfield, pass protection, injuries there, um, the offensive line, Still not fully in form right now. I think the blitz pickups could be a lot better from the line, from Jalen Hurts, from the running backs. Overall, defenses are throwing a lot more at them. They're playing tougher opponents. And so with all that being said, the fact that they're still 2-0, the fact that they still put up 34 points last week, the fact that they still got a really tough road win against Bill Belichick week one shows that they still have championship DNA, right? I mean, this isn't a team that is historically regressing. Are they a team right now that's, Ready to win a championship? I don't think so. That's why the season is 17 weeks and not two. But the sky is not falling at all. They're still showing flashes of elite play on both sides. Like You're still seeing some incredible plays from Jalen Hurts. I mean, that throw to Devontae Smith last week, the touchdown, or even the touchdown that was called back to A.J. Brown was on another level. The touchdown or the pass that he threw to A.J. Brown 50 yards down the field week one against New England was unbelievable, right? The line completely took over in the, in the ground game against Minnesota. DeAndre Swift looked elite. Devontae Smith looked elite. Jordan Maialata was incredible in pass pro. You look on the defensive side of the football, 
the defensive line has taken over in both games in the second half to close things out. You're seeing battling from the depth of the second and third levels. Like you're seeing some bright spots from Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow and, you know, Reed Blankenship two weeks ago. The corners still look good. So there's a lot of positives still to take from this football team. And honestly, again, it doesn't feel like the start of the 2022 season with the way these two wins have gone. But when you take a look at this schedule, the Eagles, like again, last year, I mean, they almost had a perfect season, right? I mean, they didn't lose until November. This year, you would think with the way they're playing, like, yeah, they're 2-0, and but maybe it's a matter of time if they keep playing like this that they could lose one of these games, which is true. Their schedule isn't like a total cakewalk, but I'm looking at the schedule until that game on Sunday night, October 22nd, against the Miami Dolphins. So they have four more matchups, and they're already 2-0, and and I'm saying, okay, yeah, like you play the next two games, two undefeated teams at 2-0. and You play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you play the Washington Commanders. Both teams are 2-0, and but I think they're probably the two most fraudulent undefeated teams left in the NFL. The Eagles should be heavy favorites next Monday night against Tampa Bay, despite how good Baker Mayfield looks. And then Baker Mayfield light, Sam Howell and Washington, like Washington's talented. I've been saying that for years. If they just had an okay quarterback, they would be playoff contenders. They have Sam Howell who looks more than okay right now. They've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but is at home and the Eagles are a superior football team to Washington in the NFC East. Then they play the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams do look a lot better this year than I think the national consensus would have predicted. But again, the Eagles are a much more talented team than LA. Then they play Zach Wilson and the New York Jets, and Zach Wilson looks like a train wreck. Like the Jets defense is good, but they're playing Zach Wilson. They should be heavy favorites. Or I should say favorites, maybe not heavy favorites in all four games. Like again, these aren't cakewalks, but honestly, this is a really great opportunity. And honestly, the Eagles should be able to do this where they get to 6-0 and before that Sunday night game against Miami. And then things start to get tougher, right? I mean, because then, of, of course, you have your Washington game again, which is another tough opponent on the road who you're going to be playing in a few weeks. Then, it, then the gauntlet comes. So it would be huge if you can rack up six straight wins and build up a little cushion. I'm not saying then they can afford to lose these other games against these great teams, but then you play Dallas, then you play Kansas City, then Buffalo, then San Francisco, then Dallas again, then Seattle for a month and a half you were just going through this gauntlet juggernaut schedule. Even right after that, you play the New York Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants to finish off the year. So this is a really good opportunity. If the Eagles, like they've already gotten two wins, not playing at 100% on either side of the ball. If you get a lot of these players back from injury, like James Bradbury, Reed Blankenship, Nicobe Dean in a few weeks, if you can get to 6-0, and and again, it's tough. Like these teams are not pushovers. You're Again, it's hard to do what... Like, it's hard to win six straight games in the NFL, especially two years in a row, but it's very, very doable. And again, considering the layout of this schedule, it would be massive for this team to build up that kind of cushion, especially with how good the NFC looks right now, with Detroit and Seattle battling on Sunday, with the way San Francisco and Dallas looks, our Locked On Podcast Network power rankings. They're one and two right now. The Eagles, we have at number three. I don't agree with that, but the top three teams on our power rankings or in the NFC, you want to battle for that one seed. Home field advantage is going to be very important considering you don't want to go to Dallas or San Francisco in the postseason versus having them come to Philadelphia. So these wins are very, very important. I think the Eagles should and could get to 6-0 on the season. All right, Eagles fans, let's get to our interview with NJ.com Eagles beat reporter Chris Franklin. 
coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Jace Medical. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctors created, doctors recommended. Don't get caught being unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected times of crisis. You know, I had this situation with my family member last year in Buffalo, New York, where we had two really bad blizzards in November and December, and an older relative of mine needed medication, needed antibiotics, things that Jace Case could provide, and they absolutely did come through. Here's a customer review as well. Frank said, easy as one, two, three, and just in time. I received our package the same day. I got a sinus infection. My doctor was out of town. No appointments for days. Thank goodness it arrived. That's exactly what the Jace case can do. With storms, shortages, pandemics, reliance on China, and supply chain issues, we need to be prepared now more than ever. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my promo code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical.com. Guys, today's podcast is also sponsored by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network and the NFL. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. $5 bet. Just bet the anytime rushing touchdown for Jalen Hurts and boom, $200 back in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than the NFL season. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and the LockedOn Podcast Network. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Really excited by my next guest, my favorite beat reporter in Philadelphia, the Eagles beat reporter for NJ.com. It's Chris Franklin. You can find him on NJ.com and on Twitter at News. The Eagles are 2-0. Chris is going to give us his insight. Chris, thanks for joining the show again, man, so soon. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, Louie. Always great talking with you, man. It's always fun talking football. Yeah, for sure. The Eagles are 2-0 right now. First time. I think they've done it in two straight years since the 90s. So really impressive. They beat two good teams against the New England Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings. But Chris, at the same time, I think if you told us at the start of the year the Eagles were 2-0, we might say it would look a little different. Some ups and downs on both sides of the ball. Let's start with the positives. What have you seen good from this team through these first two wins? Like, What have been the bright spots that have helped them win these games? Well, I think overall, the fact that that running game is still so potent that they can still basically check all these other defensive lines and just say, you know what, we're going to go man on man and we're just going to run the ball down your throat. I think that's been a really, really positive thing that, you know, you have that in the the back of your hand that you can use. DeAndre Swift, you know, after not getting as many touches that first game, seeing him be able to go off the way he did, the patience, the ability. That big playability, the ability to make Minnesota, I think he had like at least like nine, he forced like nine missed tackles or something like that against the Vikings to see that big playability there. And defensively, I think when you look at your your defensive tackles, I mean, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, the way they're just getting a push up the middle. And I thought the only thing that was holding Jordan Davis back was his pass rushing ability. You've seen that's, that's improved greatly. I saw that swim move that he used that was great, but none of that could have been done without Fletcher Cox. And I look at Fletcher Cox as the way that he's mentored these guys. The way that he, they're the whole group, even Milton Williams, you know, they all hang out, they're all, 
he's he's being that mentor to them and, and giving them the wisdom. And you're seeing that starting to show up on the field. So those are the two of the main areas I look at right For now. For sure. Yeah, I think, Chris, that's a consistent theme with the Eagles over the years. When they're good, it's most of the time because of their lines, right? The offensive and defensive line. DeAndre Swift definitely got more meat off the bones than Kenneth Gainwell did week one, but I thought the offensive line took over too. And you're right, I think at both sides in the trenches. Um, Jordan Davis, did you see that in the summer? Like, I think the hype was that he looked more athletic, more in shape than last year. He's healthy, but... Did you see the pass rush improvements or has this been kind of a surprise that he has a sack and a half already in two weeks? I saw the quickness. I saw when you look at when you saw it compared last to last year, like tour, even though he was battling that foot and everything. But when you saw the quickness that he came back with, you know, he did look lighter, but the, the ability to jump into that A gap and then all of a sudden you have to make the center go, whoa, I have to move as a snap. You have to immediately go back because he him rushing and then to help out the guard. The fact that he's able to draw those two people more than what he's done in the past, I think that's been really really encouraging. And that all started back in the summer getting that, that quickness. Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter right now, both ranked in the top four for PFF's defensive tackle grading. Uh, Carter leads the NFL in pressures, but you're right. Uh, Chris, I like that you mentioned Fletcher Cox because it almost seems like these young kids around him have rejuvenated him or I don't know, like lit a fire under him to make sure he can hang with, because it's not just Carter and um, Davis. Milton Williams is having a good start to the year too, but I don't know. Is this the best we've seen of Fletcher Cox since like 2018? I mean, I think he looks great. I thought we saw as I thought he not still drag balls, you know. I thought we reached his final form back last year. We had like the seven the seven stacks and all of a sudden you see this now it's like, Wow, where did this come from? I don't know if it's right. one of those things where he feels like, you know, he's looking at the end towards it being toward the end of his career and he's looking like, Hey, I wanna leave my my legacy is good. I wanna leave an even better impression than, than he's already had, which is tough to do when you look when you think about it. But I wonder that. I mean, he's out there playing walk ball with these guys. I was like that's that's just that's, that's different generation stuff. We were hanging out with them, but you see, you see, he's feeding off that energy they've been providing. No, for sure. So, Chris, again, I think the Eagles. I mean, they're two and zero right now. I think they're looking good in a lot of areas, like both sides of the line, the run game for sure. Devontae Smith looks incredible. Jalen Hurts still making some elite plays, but at the same time, I think there's stuff they could work on for like the offense. Why do you think there has been some inconsistencies, especially with the passing game? Like, I know I'm sure there's a lot of variables to it, but what are kind of the main reasons it's been a little more up and down this year so far? It looks like what the Eagles have done the last couple of years with trying not to allow the explosive plays. The other teams are like, we're, we're just going to give the same formula right back to you because yeah. you see them. They're not. They got. They're going cover three, cover four, not, not letting them get beat like AJ Brown or Devontae Smith, which you somehow found a way to do it. You know, but they're trying to limit that. So not only that, in that in between the numbers, they're really starting to try to limit what they're giving the Hurts as well too. So that impacts the RPO game when he comes off of it. They're taking that away. You can't in the run part of it. So when you're looking at it, it's like it's really tough to do that. I mean, they're also playing a lot of zone because you want, to, especially when you have a dual threat like Jalen Hurts, you want to keep your eyes on him, see where he's going because you don't want all of a sudden play a man to man. Next thing you know, yeah, wait, he's behind me. Twenty. Oh, okay, got to set that. So I think that's one of the reasons why, and I think it's just it, it's a matter of Hurts has missed a couple of throws as well too, like sure. especially that New England Patriots game. You know, there's Dallas Goddard was streaking down the sideline a couple of times. He could have had him, but he missed it. So. It's, it's still a work in progress. It's still early on, but you know, it's encouraging to see they've been able to make some of these plays. New play caller too with Brian Johnson as the offensive coordinator. But yeah, Chris, you're right. It's almost like they're saying you can have the run game, which is crazy considering how good the Eagles are at it. But they're, it's, it's the opposite of what 2021 was where they were daring Hurts to throw. And now I guess it's a testament to how far he's come that they're saying, you're not beating us pulling the football in these RPOs. We'll give it to the running back and you're not beating us deep. And honestly, I guess it's a good strategy because that really was the Eagles' bread and butter last year was the deep ball and the RPO game. 
Yeah, and, and that comes with the work that Hurts did last year and it's continuing this one. He's put a lot of touch, especially in training camp. You saw the touch he's putting on those deep balls, especially along the sideline. So you try to do the deep ball that way too. You try to back shoulder fade, he's been able to get in a good position for them to catch too. So it's, it puts those defensive backs in a tough position. So the defensive quarter is like, nah, we will try to take as much to equate as we can. But Chris, I will say at the same time, though, eventually when the Eagles ran it down Minnesota's throats, Minnesota did come back down the line, start to blitz more. And that's what opened up that touchdown to Devontae Smith. So I think there is a patience approach here, just taking what the defense gives you when you have all this talent. I think I noticed this with Kansas City a few years ago. You want it when you have the talent. You want to force the ball. But sometimes when you can't, you kind of had to do death by a thousand paper cuts, right? It almost felt, feels like they didn't want that early in the Minnesota game, and then they adjusted and just took it. Especially when you have a younger, when these younger quarterbacks, you know, like, oh, I need to play a play. I need to make a play. I want to make a highlight. And you go that way too. But I, I think that's a good thing as well, too. When you look at teams wanting to blitz you more, if I'm a quarterback, I'm like, okay, yeah, blitz me as much as you want. Sure. It, it, it may be a tough receiver to on, but I know there's going to be an open man somewhere. So, okay, I'll go ahead and find it that way. So, right. I think that's a, that just shows the impact that Hurts had. The fact that he was able to develop as a passer, put them in this position to be able to do that. Today's episode of the Locked On Eagles podcast is sponsored by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I used to be lame, a standard fantasy guy in my 112 team league, and then Prize Picks came through, and it's been so much fun to spice it up. Here's how it works you select two or more players, and all you got to do, pick more or less in their projected stats for that week, and then place your entry. It's really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. This week, I went with Odell Beckham for less than 50. 50 yards. I hit that Josh Allen for more than two passing touchdowns. I nailed that one as well. Prize picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. They now offer Apple Pay as well for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. It's been an incredible, fun run with Prize picks the last few years. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL. They're going to match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Go take the over on Philadelphia this week against Tampa Bay, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, right? We know they're going to force feed him after he was mad on the sidelines, Dallas Goddard, whoever it is. I think the over is the right way to go with prize picks. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL to get them to match your first deposit up to $100. We thank prize picks for sponsoring the lockdown Eagles podcast today. What about the defensive side of the ball? I mean, through two weeks, what have your thoughts been with Sean Desai, the job he's done? I think they've had to come deal with a lot more adversity when it comes to like injuries, right? So what do you think the defense has done over the first two weeks, good and bad? I think I say when you look at uh, start the uh, it is rough with those injuries. I mean, you lose your your Swiss Army knife and Avante Maddox. When you look at the way that what he yeah. does off the corner, I think that's a that's that really hurts you in that aspect. Not having Bradbury back, but think you think thankfully he's gonna be back out of concussion protocol, you think is for his upcoming Monday game. And then I, I look at when they have Reed, same thing, you know, with those ribs, I think he'll be back as well too. So I think the injury did hamper him a little bit. I would like to see them play a little bit more consistently in the second and third levels when it comes to stopping them, especially on third down. Third down teams, the, the, the Vikings were, even though it wasn't as good as the Patriots, but they would have been getting gashed on third downs as well too, yeah. prolonging those drives. And I would love to see more some more uh, stuff out of the uh, linebackers as well too. I like the way when they were flowing the ball, and stopping the runs when those defensive tackles are clearing spaces when they're doing that. So, yeah. and it's tough without Nicobe Dean. I mean, he's he's he was your trendsetter. He, he he was the one that lined him up. So, 
I think the biggest thing for them is they just have to get cohesiveness and stay away from the entry plug as long as you can because you've seen that this defensive line front seven can get pressure when they need it. That's the thing. I mean, you mentioned earlier in the show, I mean, how elite this interior looks. And Josh Sweat on the edge looks incredible too. But, Chris, I feel like this this pass rush hasn't even really seen its full – upside because i don't know what do you think hassan riddick nolan smith brandon graham it almost feels like those guys haven't even really gotten going yet because of injuries and with limited snap counts so i think the edge rushers really haven't even gotten going yet and especially when you know you, you think a lot of teams will look like they try to slide the line somewhat to stop riddick because the way he's doing and that thumb you know is even though he's getting back and he's finally he's playing there yeah. you, defensive linemen have to use your hands a lot it's a violent thing and i think he's still working his way back i think this rest is going to help him out when it comes terms in terms of that and it's, I think it's a matter of just with the line sliding to that way to try to protect them. Now, the thing is going to be is when you start to have Jalen Carter out there more and more getting more reps, are they, and you start using more five-man instead of the four, you use a five-man, you can't slide the line as much because you know Carter's going to get up the middle, can't slide this way. Are you going to give up to, to Reddit? Can't do it that way. So it, it puts teams in the line. I think it's a matter of they just need the rest, and they make these adjustments over his time from having his mini buy after playing sure. Thursday. Chris, I want to go back to you mentioned Avante Maddox, who had the surgery on the torn pack probably going to be out for the season. So I feel like this is the Eagles are a deep roster, but this was one position I thought if Maddox, not that he's like a Jenga piece, you can't win a championship without him, but it was one of those spots where they don't have a clear and obvious backup anymore, right? With Zach McPherson going down in the summer, it's like it could be Mario Goodrich, Bradbury cross train in the summer. They could try to sign somebody. What do you think the long-term fixes for this year in the slot? I think you're looking at a matchup. I think you're looking at a matchup approach. I mean, right. if, if it's for most bases stuff, it probably would be Goodridge. But when you have a te- uh, you play against teams like the Cowboys, when you yeah. play against the 49ers, where you have three receivers that are legitimate and who can make big plays, I think that's when you move Bradbury into the slot more and you bring Job off the bench to use that. Goodridge, I think he he looked a little hesitant to begin with. I mean, any starter coming, any reserve coming in there is like, sure. okay, I'm playing on national TV. Okay, I'm in the middle. What's going on here? And then he saw he got comfortable, comfortable as the game went along. And I think that's how, as time goes along, knowing that he's the nickel guy now, I think he's going to be fine. But when you get to some of those tougher matchups, maybe they start to think of switching, putting Job in. Because Job, well, barring that, large, I thought at first it was like, wow, he's doing really good. And then they started attacking him. It was like, yeah. okay, he needs a little bit. But I think over time, it's both of those guys' experience. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. All right, Chris, one last question for you here before I let you go. Who through two weeks do you think has been the most underrated bright spot? Maybe on either side of the ball. Ooh. That's a good one. I mean, PFF, if you go by PFF, it's Jordan Mailata. But I think when you look at uh, – that's tough. I think – you got me, man. <laughs> you got me. I'm like that. You know, uh, you got, I'm pro- I'll stick with Mailata because – Mailata? I, I'll stick with Mailata because when you look at Lane Johnson and the job he's done over time yep. with the sack streak and everything else, a lot of attention goes to him. Rightfully, deservedly so. But when you look at what Mylotta can do against space, when you get, especially these Belichick, these Belichick teams, when they bring these exotic looks off the edges, with the Vikings, with Brian Flores, a Belichick disciple, bringing in a lot of those exotic pressures, and the way he and Landon Dickerson have done communicating it, and Mylotta himself getting out on the edge and blocking that, I think that's been really key. And, and if he plays this one off, I think he's seriously looking at a Pro Bowl type type year. Because imagine you might have legitimately four guys, maybe five, if can. Yeah picks it up you might legitimately have four guys that could be going to the pro bowl from this offensive well, line i think the pff grade was he had the highest grade of any lineman in the last 10 years or something on yeah it's like the 2010 or something like that yeah, yeah it's crazy it's 16 10 for like that but it's crazy the way he's he was able to play and the scary thing is he's he's not i don't think he's personally in his prime yet i think he's he's still get, sure. getting some knowledge of stuff like this too. So when he really hits his prime 
Yeah. It's, it's crazy what this Exciting, is. Man. No, you're right, though. And he, he does kind of go under the radar because Jason Kelsey, of course, is one of the most famous athletes in the world right now, too, with his podcast and everything. And Lane Johnson gets the hype. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. My lot has looked great through two weeks. Chris Franklin, NJ.com Eagles beat reporter, joining me right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Great stuff, as always. You can follow him on Twitter at News. Chris, man, appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on soon, man. No worries. I appreciate it, Louis. Thanks again, man. Thanks.